0: And then I think the e-commerce side of it is something completely else. It's a different intent, experience, expectation, UX. And I think Google might occupy just that space. That might really become that e-commerce search engine because that it's been doing really well and there's no real competitor.
1: Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game let's get started hello good people welcome to our show hello bad people welcome to our show hello welcome today we have a very important topic about National SEO. For me, it's a must-have, especially if you have products like software as a service, and you can help customers around the world, we live globally, you can bring your products to any country, any culture, any language, especially today, when we have AI, when we have everything to satisfy customers around the world. I'm so excited to discuss a lot more with Natalia Vichik, how are you?
0: I'm great.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you? I'm doing great. I'm uh, looking forward to learn more. You know, I'm excited because I have this episode. I want to learn more about international SEO. Especially, I work a lot in this field, but I'm student. You know, I'm student in this life. <laughs> I can learn every single day. I can change approaches. I can improve results. And uh, I don't like when someone can say, there are experts, guru. When I spoke with Neil Patel, he told me he's a student, so I'm a student as well. I, I can learn every single day something new. I can think, especially in digital marketing. It's a it's a quickly changing world. Well. Many things are happening fast, we need to adapt, we need to go ahead, especially today, AI, probably virtual reality will change a lot, but we'll see, I don't know. Natalia, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience background, about Poland, about Barcelona, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you.
0: So I'm originally from Poland, as you just quickly mentioned, but I learned SEO, basic, basics of SEO in the UK, that's where I started in the agency world, and then I relocated to Barcelona, where I've been living for the last seven years, and I continued to connect international SEO mostly European markets, but a bit it, a bit beyond as well. And also, as you said, always a student, because international was so huge, so many markets, so many languages, that it's a never-ending never learning.
1: Uh, at least three languages you know, Spain, Pol- Polish and uh, English, yeah? <laughs>
0: at least, at least I hope I know them enough, you know? And then <laughs> as a hobby learning a few more, but I'm not gonna say I actually speak them, because I think to be an expert, I still have a lot of learning to do.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Natalia, I want to start with AI. Uh, We have the topic about SEO, but AI for me, it's a must have. That was tough uh, to ignore today, AI. And for example, uh, that was simple yesterday impossible tomorrow I think like this and uh, I uh, play a lot with AI I uh, grow my results with AI when chat GPT appealed I doubled my energy and resources with AI because I played before chat GPT and today according to data five percent of content creators lost their jobs when chat GPT appealed uh I'm not sure because uh, the tool can replace them. It's because someone can adapt to this tool to get results and can replace uh, these people because I get much better results with AI. I'm going to increase my strength, anything resources with AI and especially for international SEO. And let me explain why, because uh, I cooperated with many translators uh, and it was tough to organize the process. So I paid for someone to translate, to check, uh, to analyze uh, many different insights. Then uh, we decided to compare results uh, with ChatGPT translation. uh, And, you know, they're better. Uh, I don't waste a lot of time. I mean, like, no, okay, not wasting. I mean, like, uh, I don't spend a lot of time to find people to uh, manage them, to control, to analyze, because I can ask great prompts on ChatGPT and in uh, languages that are not competitive, like English, it works well. We get traffic from Arabic countries, Turkish, I don't know, Japanese, uh, around the world. (laughs) So can you tell your methods how uh, ChatGPT or any other AI tool, because we have 11,000 AI tools today, uh, to help you to grow results?
0: So I personally am a huge fan of, of perplexity. That's what I've been using recently, especially for research of any sort, because I want to know where ChatGPT took the information from, and obviously it's not there. So I, I really, I really like that citations part of the of the process of using perplexity, and that helps me like at the moment. For example, I'm writing this research article about search engines beyond Google, just to get the statistics on the market share of search engines. You know, different sources in one place. Three seconds, I have it all. So, that's my main, main go to tool right now. And I absolutely agree with everything you said about translations. It is really, really good. It is specialized. It maintains the tone of voice you had in your original language. So, if the proper copywriter wrote something really good, you want to maintain that level, right? And across all the languages. And I think what's really interesting to me now from a CEO perspective is that the final touches you must give this AI text is basically SEO proofing. So I think translation and translators can be worried. And then SEOs can come in to give that last human touch to actually review and maybe make sure the keyword is actually the proper keyword because obviously, AI is not perfect in SEO in all terms. So I agree with your approach and I think that's the future to go.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, uh, Let's talk about common questions that I get from my clients about creating new domains for specific countries or using existing domains. And um, I can't tell that we can reply. Uh, I mean, like to have uh, the same situation. It depends on the products. Uh, and can you tell how to find the right way? I mean, like, uh, for example, if someone wants to grow globally to cover un- other countries, is it good idea to find domains uh, in this country or it's better to uh, use your domain like Apple.com Apple.com It doesn't have uh, domains in, um, I don't know, like uh, UK, Brazil, uh, but Amazon has, Amazon has, so it depends. Can you tell how to figure out, do we need or not?
0: I love this question. Because for me, it's not an SEO question. It's a branding question. It's operations question. It's wider marketing question, but SEO can feed into that conversation. So essentially, it's always the process of understanding if there is any value in having a unique domain. If you really want to distinguish every single country from from the other one, you have a separate phone number, you have separate address, separate contact center, whatever that is, even sometimes technically the the, the structure of invoicing is different in every country because you have offices set up. You probably will go for the local domain because you want to push that same image of the true operations behind the scenes and, and kind of expand that to the website experience. On the other hand, if you're proud to say you are a global company that is giving the same level of service and, and anything from one single domain, like Apple does. Apple is proud to say, you know, design in California. Why would they pretend they are local or are they actually a global brand, you yeah. know? So it's it seems like when we have that thinking behind us, it's a really simple process to make that decision. And yeah, as you said before, SaaS companies, probably.com because they want to show how they reach everyone everywhere, solving the same issue but maybe more traditional businesses, they want to prove they are right there for their users in the particular particular country.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I often get the question, do we need to write different texts for different countries? For example, let's speak about English. UK, uh, US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, India, Pakistan, many countries can use English language. Uh, And uh, uh when i see when uh, companies can invest money to optimize languages to different locations uh probably It depends. It depends because, uh, uh, for example, if uh, it's very important for uh, local users, yeah, we can do it like this. We can uh, create separate pages. But in most cases, I don't see it's a big issue because people uh, consume content globally. For example, um, it's interesting. I, uh, I spoke with my friend. And he told me that uh, his daughter speaks uh, American English, uh, living in UK (laughs) because he he watches YouTube. (laughs) So anyone can uh, open popular websites, I don't know, like CNN, New York Times uh, and uh, to read from Australia, New Zealand and to get this writing style. So can you tell when it's important to uh, personalize this experience with one language and when we can skip it?
0: I would say the starting point is keyword research. You see discrepancies in keyword research, you would actually target something slightly different. There's different search volumes. You can definitely go unique ways. But as soon as you start your keyword research and you realize it's all the same terms throughout all the countries you're trying to target, why put yourself through the pain and work that is actually hard to do? Because if there's no unique value you try to provide, then don't do it. But it's not just keywords, because I also understand that if you talk about uh, delivery times, if it's e-commerce, you can't just have one website and, you know, then personalize it to wherever anyone is based. What's the delivery cost? Uh, same with maybe some kind of subscription model that can be different between countries. And of course, if you have a country specific laws, if you are in a regulated industry, then there's no brainer. I mean, you have to make it different because you simply serve a different website by default. So I'll say again, it's, it's it's so easy to say I, either it depends or it's not even an SEO decision. But that's that's most of my answers these days. You know, <laughs> think about why their business concept. And again, you research that a bit and you kind of get the answers yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it depends. And John Muller often can reply like this. It depends. <laughs> Who knows, but yeah. to argue with that, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I usually prefer to have uh, one page for uh, various countries, but uh, yeah, it it depends. For example, for online games, it works fine. For trading, it works fine. And we create one page. We can get traffic everywhere around the world. For example, we uh, create a result for one project from zero, completely zero to plus uh, 2,000 people daily. Um, And uh, that was interesting about this project because we compete with billion-dollar companies, big companies in trading, investing niche. you know uh, extremely competitive niche but uh we found the way how to get traffic from uh, countries uh, around the world because most brands ignore all countries uh, most companies focus on specific direction but we got results uh for almost all countries that we know plus 100 countries and get results. It, it works so uh, i i'm not sure it's a good idea to pay attention especially today only to English-speaking countries uh, because you can get uh, much faster traffic in uh, other countries, especially Spanish. I don't know Chinese, you know. Yeah, many different sites. And Natalia, I want to ask about creating the right strategy because um, I see, I often see. When companies have their own strategy, not their own, I mean like more generic strategy, nothing special. And uh, they usually, uh, uh, for example, check competitors, analyze how they get traffic, uh, sales, and want to replicate them. I usually tell, it's not a good idea. Never do it like this. Because competitors have their strong sides. You can uh, find yours. For example, if I want to get traffic with uh, the keyword SEO, I need to compete with Neil Patel, Google itself, Moz, big companies. They deserve this ranking positions. How I can compete? I think it's possible, but do I need it? I'm not sure I do I need it because I can invest millions and probably can't get results because these companies get high ranking positions, but it's, we can find our way how to get results. Can you tell your methods how to create content strategy that leads projects in the right direction? Well,
0: definitely the starting point is <clears throat> not looking at the search volume as the... Unique metric. Actually, probably that's one of the last metrics to just pay attention to, because the higher it is, the more competitive competitive it's going to be. You have an army of people trying to rank for that keyword that come from everywhere. I mean, SEO is very democratized, right now, right, we have competition from anywhere in the world trying to rank in English or other languages for the top terms. So I would say. Go in in search intent way. So try to find exactly what drives business to your website, mm, or knowledge to your website. So long tail specific keywords, Um, and you know there's for a couple of years now there's been a lot of talk about zero volume keywords that can actually bring significant traffic and revenue. So I would say look in that direction for for first thing, and then I always say it's it's I mean SEO is one of the channels, but it has to be content that works on multiple layers. So it's a content you can have to you have to be able to repurpose. So yeah. don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't make it just for Google. Make a content that is actually interesting to users for recurring and just scroll through your website, uh, which is absolutely hard. It's I mean the easy days of just finding one title and just writing about it in an easy way, copying your competitor's top 10, five results. It doesn't work anymore. You have to find your unique angle. Um, and and. If you are, if you have an um, opportunity to work for a brand that has got a customer service uh, team or a person, actually understanding what are their conversations about day in, day out is giving you quite a lot of good ideas for what to write about because that's the doubts, issues, questions that the customers have. Some of them will just be an FAQ, but some of them can be a proper blog article detailing exactly step-by-step way of solving that problem or how to approach it or whatever that is. So definitely, I think this is the era of SEO collaborating with every single team they can. And customer service team can be the number one.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. You know, you, you unhided my secret. Um, yeah, you, you did it. <laughs> uh, because um, I often ask uh, clients, uh, do you have something that your competitors don't have and you can't find online? And we create uh, simple tools. Uh, For example, for trading projects, we created some tools that uh, traders usually use uh, spreadsheet, uh, Microsoft Excel, different directions uh, to calculate data and we love to create simple tools uh, in web page uh, that uh, user friendly uh, and you don't need to be. I don't know, to know everything about calculations, about spreadsheet, but you can uh, fill data, get results, and we get a lot of traffic in this direction. So, uh, and it's interesting about this, that we didn't find any volume with these keywords. Nothing, (laughs) but we got a lot of traffic. Uh, So it's a good idea uh, about, especially about tools. I don't know about other directions, but tools work well because uh, we still need a lot of tools and it's not hard to create new tools uh, that simplify experience of uh, calculating data. And uh, Natalia, I want to ask your loving methods to get traffic, I mean, like uh, blog posts are still so popular. And I remember when I started my journey in 2008, uh, we hired a team of writers who wrote about anything, weight loss, uh, finance, accounting, everything. They wrote Google ranked. but things change a lot. Uh, Google fired this team. OK, I, I fired this team, but Google pushed me forward you know, to fire these people. And today we cooperate with experts who know the topic because of EEAT. different insights. Uh, it's important to get quality than uh, just to write uh, generic content. And it's important to understand what you write uh so um uh, and uh, but i'm not sure about the future of blog content Uh, for example um, we uh, blog content still brings more traffic than any other channel i don't remember exactly the number but plus 50 percent of all uh, traffic are coming to blog post but Mm -hmm. uh, when i search for something new for example i decided to buy uh, tesla in um, uh, florida so I searched on Google, can I use this self-drivers feature, autopilot in Florida, because each state has different law, and I couldn't find answer to my simple question. I I, I tried, but I found a, a lot of information about Tesla, about electric cars, we need to save the world. Of course we need, we need, but I don't need to know uh, that I just search. To find can i use uh, this uh, feature yeah. in florida uh, when i ask the same question on chat gpt i got reply for a few seconds no just for a few seconds and it, uh, when chat gpt appeal uh 12 of all uh, uh traffic uh, i mean like not traffic 12 percent of all searches are coming to ai tools today for for a year just a year and people switch attention so uh you know when uh google can list feature snippets, Uh, at least Google can link to our content, but (laughs) chatbots just still rewrite and do nothing, uh, give nothing to content creators. Uh, And I'm not sure about the future. Can you predict what kind of future will be in blog content, right? And do we need to pay attention to that?
0: (laughs) So I I can't prove it, but my hunch is that the future of SEO is multiple engines that do different things and serve different purposes. I think there was a time where all the big platforms wanted give it give it all all experience, keep us inside for as long as possible and always make us dependent. So Google tried to do that with all the zero-click searches that they, they triggered by giving the information within the search. Facebook tried to do that by doing everything, you know. And I think that's not the way to go. So you know, I don't wanna get into the debate if TikTok is a search engine or not but I do understand there is a generation that's using it more often and in a way that we didn't expect them to to do, right? Mm -hmm. Very specific subjects, topics, uh, areas of interest, they go to TikTok. On the other hand, you have experiences that are more generic contents, I don't know, definitions, facts, that's gonna be chatbots, maybe Perplexity, maybe ChatGPT is gonna stay as it is, maybe ChatGPT is gonna evolve to be more like Perplexity, we'll see. And then I think the e-commerce side of it is something completely else. It's a different intent, experience, expectation, UX. And I think Google might occupy just that space. So It might really become that e-commerce search engine because that it's been doing really well and there's no real competitor. I mean, obviously Amazon is still within their system trying to get people to search within Amazon, but I think people still prefer choice. At least I'm one of those people who prefer to make the financials myself and have uh, many options out there even if it's the same product. So I think Google might shift to become that e-commerce search engine, specific search engine, why maybe image search engine as well, because if we don't want to create our own images for AI, we, we might want to find it in a source that's going to tell us if it's AI created or not. You know, And it's going to lose, probably, in the long term, some of the market share, because it's not going to serve at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And actually, I would really hope for that. I am I like Google for many things. I love John Mueller, for example. Super helpful person, great resource. But I hate monopolies. So I'd love to see this area of the internet being destructed, you know, and something new coming in.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I, I think, uh, you know, according to history, big companies can't exist for a long time. I remember even Jeff Bezos said that Amazon will be bankrupt one day. So Jeff said it because uh, everything has the end including big companies google is strong today we can't ignore this channel it's very important to get traffic in SEO. but we need to adapt whatever happens uh, and uh, marketers on tv and radio didn't lo- lose their jobs they adapted to digital so whatever happens we can adapt to tiktok to augmented reality Anything, just uh, get experience, acquire experience with SEO today. And what I like about SEO, it's not like how to rank your high on Google. It's more about how to create high quality content, how to increase website speed, how to earn backlinks that will bring traffic. uh... How
0: to be relevant, right?
1: Yeah, so many things you can learn in SEO and adapt to any other channel. Uh, Natalia, let's talk about link building. Uh, what I, I think uh, it's the most challenges. I don't know. M- many SEOs can tell that uh, uh, link building is hard. And uh, but what about international SEO? For example, uh, it's tough to acquire backlinks. For example, for let's imagine Spanish uh, languages uh, for uh, Portuguese because in English we can provide outreach. We can. Use different approaches, but how to get backlinks for other languages if you don't speak these languages?
0: Yeah, that's a very great question. And actually, I would even use a term that in some countries there is just no culture of backlinks. Like the people Mm -hmm. you ask about links, they don't even understand what you are on about because that's not something that they are asked often. English speaking internet lives for that. That's obvious, you know. And then on the other side, some markets just not there yet or not not. Profitable enough for anyone to wonder about it. <clears throat> so this is a, a tricky one. I, I was never a huge person as constant building. I never like participated in it, and I had only a short episode of my career that when I worked in gambling, very short, uh, not not my area at all. Where suddenly from someone who didn't buy a single buck in their life, I was looking on the million dollar budgets per month to buy as many links as possible in you know thirty plus markets. And that was a huge shock for me to see that this industry can be so big, so profitable as to work, you know, to this day, which you'd think backlinks, just buying backlinks is dead. Mm -hmm. So I would say, first of all, it's really industry dependent. And I don't have a trick that I will say, I'll I'll get you links for free this way. I don't think that that works anymore, at least not not in my experience. And this is the time when offline can join online. So this Mm -hmm. is literally, if you're an SEO, you are either lucky to work for a business big enough to have budgets that invest in PR, and then you can maybe get some links from campaigns they do offline, events they go to, you know, collaborations, charities they support in different places, and that gives you that, that coverage in those local markets. And if you're unlucky and have no budget whatsoever, probably very basic backlinks, strategies for you know, outreaching some bloggers locally and looking for those small collaborations is your only way, but it's so hard. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone if, if you have other options. Basically.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you keep on hiding my secrets, especially about PR, <laughs> because I. Well, I, I'm not I, the first
0: one, you know. To I think that's the kind of that's the way to go now. I mean, nothing else works really, does it?
1: Yeah, about secrets, I I know only one thing: if you. Uh, have secrets and don't want to unhide with others, then be ready, someone will hide in, unhide instead of you. <laughs> so, and uh, to get this uh, trust and authority recognition, so we have no secrets, <laughs> we share everything that we know. And about PR, um, yeah, we use PR to get mentions and links uh, for For different languages. And um, for example, yeah, I I can share my story with PR because that was interesting. We paid $6,000 for one uh, press release to write and distribute Uh, good money, but we needed to write 12 press releases, $72,000 a week. You know, it's a lot. So, uh, and what we did, I, d- I decided I I can't pay uh, this money for a long time, uh, it's costly, and uh, I started to write myself. I wrote a bunch of press releases, pitched all of them, got zero mention, zero results, nothing, you know? <laughs> but I acquired experience. I acquired experience and three months without results, then we uh, explained to our uh, blog content creators how to write press releases, what kind of value to bring uh, because uh, blog content is more evergreen content, but uh, PR is more about trending topics, about bringing uh, expert opinion in um, about trending uh, news. uh, And uh, then we spent like three months without results again. But after uh, six months, we got first results and uh, we improved. We spent more time resources with that. And today we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg Business Insider, MSN, Yahoo, Finance, Coindesk, big websites, real big websites. And it's interesting about PR because uh, many publications can translate content uh, for uh, different languages and you can get these uh, backlinks uh, naturally. know so you don't need to uh, create PR uh, for Spanish language, but many Sp- Spanish uh, media outlets can just translate content and submit these backlinks and mentions. And it works well. So it works well. Uh, and today uh, I counted we save plus three million $700,000 a year, you know, with uh, um, and we get better results than PR agency can provide because they usually hire journalists, but mm-hmm. we hire experts who know the topic, and uh, journalists are looking for expert opinion. So, yeah, NPR yeah and the, the
0: trendy way to say subject matter experts, right? That's the trendy, yeah, trendy term now, exactly. I absolutely yeah. agree. <clears throat> and you know, I think also one thing, and again, I don't know if that's your secret, but maybe it is. <laughs> doing what you do but obviously you in your industry um, digital connected you know taking the camera speaking with people it's it's quite easy and, and com- common to say not to say not to say it's not difficult to do i always tell my people who do that but it's kind of a known format but the b2b old industries a bit more traditional they don't have any of that at all their marketing is so boring still so yeah. i think anyone who's going to learn from seo industry and take that to their I don't know, B2B, logistics, uh, public, you know, like maybe adjusting a bit the format to to that. I think they can win a lot and have that connections with people, you know. Also, it's not just about links to brands, but links to people who who work for a brand, you know, more about human connections again and again. Mm -hmm. So I think that could be the future, the future of, of, you know, maybe not just links, but collaborations.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I love that you uh, touched this point, especially about uh, boring marketing. And because I see this big issue with boring content, you know, you can provide value, so valuable content, many valuable insights, but who cares if it's boring? <laughs> you know, people bounce fast, and you mm-hmm. need to uh, make this content non boring to win results. Uh, and I spoke with Jim Edwards, he worked in Business Insider 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. The company was sold for $500 million. Great success. He was one of top managers. And he told me that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. So if you can can find the way to entertain users, to attract them, to provide uh, something that it's not boring to consume, you can win. Uh, And it's the same on YouTube, on TikTok, everywhere. Educational content works if you if it's non-boring and uh, can you tell about non-boring content? Uh, how do you decide this issue? I mean like to create non-boring content?
0: Well, I personally love LinkedIn. That's my go-to platform now and that's the platform I recommend to my clients. But speaking from their experience, so personal profiles, not the company profiles, because LinkedIn algorithm is bumping up people instead of brands again. So, so <clears throat> I tell all my clients to post there and literally it's the hardest thing to start doing, but once you're in, you're in, it really keeps rolling. So you start to see what others talk about and you are part of the conversation. And that's never boring because you are commenting on what's going on instead of copying evergreen blog posts and just pasting part of it to your LinkedIn, which obviously I never recommend. So the, the starting point is always depending where you are with your LinkedIn, but getting into the right circle, right bubble of your industry, your, your not just industry, your um, your um, people you want to communicate to, to your basically uh, audience, target audience. Uh, and once you're in, you know what's, what's there, what moves them, what is the conversation they are having. And then you might start posting on LinkedIn, but then you take, take those same subjects and you post it everywhere else. And that's already relevant. So I would say, listening is part of it. Yeah. And then, obviously, if you can afford um, social listening tools, you know, actually having access to what is being mentioned about your brand, your top keywords, in the global scheme of of the internet, to actually understand what's on hype as soon as it happens, that is also the next step, actually properly quantifying it as well.
1: Nice. Love it. Love it. Yeah. It's important to listen to your customers, users, to understand their pain points. Yeah. Uh, To learn, because The era of lazy marketers is that now. today (laughs) we need to collect data before creating any content. Natalia, um, let's talk about my live topic, about mistakes, because uh, I made a lot of mistakes, terrible mistakes. Uh, I keep doing them because I don't know how to uh, start something new without doing mistakes and it's part of the process in marketing we need to test experiment we can call it mistakes we can call it education it doesn't matter but uh, we need to uh, have mistakes uh, and uh, i mentioned about pr yeah i i didn't get results for six months but today i can save plus three million dollars you know with pr and um, um, i think it's important to learn Uh, from mistakes and learn from others who made mistakes uh, and avoid them. So can you tell which mistakes you see companies can often do in international SEO and your tips how to find another way?
0: Yeah, it's a very good one. I can tell you about one of my mistakes that I realized recently. I stopped doing recently but but I didn't even know it was an issue. Um, Not every company needs SEO. Not to even mention international SEO. For example, if you get a client that is actually um, a a mother company for several uh, specified businesses and they want to optimize their main brand website that doesn't have any product, any solution, it just aggregates corporate boring information that no one's looking for. They don't need SEO. And you might even not want to sell to them, you just explain to them what SEO can generally do and they are in, they want to spend their money, but that's not the money well spent. Same with uh, sometimes a product that could have an Etsy shop and it doesn't need their own website. Local restaurants or local hotels, are they going to outrun booking.com or TripAdvisor or should they directly go somewhere else? And I know it's not perfect because you're not the owner of your information, but I think we are sometimes so ambitious of what we can actually achieve. And I was guilty of that. I wanted to, with all the enthusiasm, have every single person that came to me and wanted my services. And now I know that sometimes it's a time to say, look, don't invest that money. It's not going to bring anything to you. Even if you invest a lot, it's not going to be worth it. All, all the money you spent for the results you're going to outcomes you're going to get. So mm-hmm. I think that's the first mistake. And both consultants and, and companies make that. They think they need SEO, but they don't actually need it. And probably another inter- typically international SEO mistake is um, thinking you are international, thinking you want to go and translate to all those languages. And you're like, let's go. Spanish, French, Italian, German, we're going to be everywhere. But there is nothing international about you. Your customer service is not international. You don't even operate in different time zones. So, even if you started ranking a little bit in Spanish in Latin America, there is no one to attend the calls after 5 p.m. European time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I would say understand what's your goal and make it happen operationally on every level, not just SEO, because sometimes people think it's like a quick win. And when they start ranking, they're going to figure it out. All the rest is going to come. Yeah. We already get the clients. Okay, we'll invest. And I think that doesn't work because you need to be somewhat established in, in the local market to actually make it make it happen.
1: Yeah, nice. I love it, love it. Valuable. I agree. I agree. Uh... It's not even if you have or... Uh, yeah, of course, it's important to have clients in different countries. Uh, but um, I see when projects don't need SEO at all. You know? um, and when someone can tell, oh, it's a big mistake. Why? If company can earn uh, hundred million, you know, <laughs> without SEO, with having strong brand recognition, using other channels, who cares about your opinion? <laughs> they need to uh, get SEO. Of course, SEO is a huge channel. It's a great channel but uh if uh, some companies have a strong side uh, in different marketing channels why do they need to care it's better to focus uh, when you lose focus you can lose results with your main channels and it's very important uh if you uh, yeah you can become jack of all trades i remember when i decided to grow all my social media accounts in 2020 i decided okay i need to grow and uh, i created content for facebook linkedin twitter YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, everywhere. And my best results were like five followers a day, a few hundred views. Then I switch all my attention to LinkedIn. Even I stop repurposing content. I grew my results. I got like 500 followers a day, uh plus 100k views on LinkedIn alone. Uh okay, and I remember when someone said to me, it's a big mistake, you need to repurpose. Okay, Repurpose if you want. Probably, yeah, it works for someone. Uh, but I don't care. I, I can lose this five minutes, ten minutes to repurpose. And I'm not sure I can get great results uh, if I, uh, you know, uh, even lose this five, ten minutes. Uh, and uh, other channels, if you don't engage with the audience, if you don't, uh, you can create content, you can submit content. But uh, if you don't promote this content, it's tough to get results. Charlie D'Amelio grew on TikTok then used resources to grow on other channels. Mr. Beast grew on YouTube. Then he switched attention to other channels when he had resources, when he can hire a big team to cover other channels. So, yeah, I, I love it. I love it, Natalia. And I want to ask a few questions about you, about your okay. experience. <laughs> yeah, and uh, because uh, I often get these questions from my audience. Get ready. Yeah, especially about your experience. Uh, look at uh, I mean, like um, I have founders who want to get the basic without knowing almost nothing, you know, just now Google exists. They want to get traffic. They say competitors can get this traffic, but we, we usually get results with clients who understand SEO. If clients understand why we need to create high quality content, uh, how uh, to pay attention, to get traffic value, then just to get more traffic uh, and uh, why uh, websites need to uh, be fast and different insights, why we need to use PR to get authority, we get great results with such clients. Uh, If clients don't understand how it works, I usually tell them, go to YouTube, Google, take my course, take other courses, learn, get the basic how it works. And I have students who are looking for ways to learn from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. So just to learn uh, because they want to become experts in one day to cooperate with uh, clients, uh, to earn money with that. So if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day, you know, Google exists. That's it. (laughs) You have no idea how Google (laughs) ranks websites. What will you do if you do everything from scratch? If I do
0: everything from scratch? I think I have to start with one single website and reverse engineer what's happening. So assuming it's an existing website that's been set up and I'm joining the project, I think I could easily spend eight hours in Google Search Console, step by step, every single part, checking all the definitions, understanding how it correlates, the indexing, what's not indexed, what's indexed, what are the impressions, are impressions the same as clicks, it's the same trend. you know. And I think from there, you have so many knowledge bases because you start to understand seasonality, brand, non-brand keywords. Everything is in Search Console. So I would forget all the great tools that are. There are many great tools. I love Semrush. I love Ahrefs. But if you don't know what what the metrics are, you shouldn't try use them and understand them from scratch. I think Google metrics to start with. And really, when you go through every single report, you you change your perspective from browsing actually understanding the the behind the scenes of the website and I don't know if you could do it in one day actually but I would say that's a good starting point
1: <laughs> nice nice yeah um, um, I I like this point because practice is more important than learning if you learn and do nothing you get nothing <laughs> I I see when <laughs> people can learn a lot oh you know I read 100 blog posts okay you 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 read them but w- what you did what you implemented for me it's better if you learn one blog post and can implement to test to practice because exactly yeah because leo messi and cristiano ronaldo prefer to hit the ball a uh, thousand times a day then i don't <laughs> to... think they're
0: good a football when they were kids
1: yeah exactly okay. <laughs> yeah and yeah uh i want to ask about your personal life how you can find the balance between job Uh, between uh, family, uh, other attitudes, and uh, how you start your day, how you finish your day, how you work uh, in your day, how to prioritize things. Because, you know, uh, I have a hundred things to do. I usually skip or delegate or uh, do myself. (laughs) So three uh, simple points. But uh, uh, for me, it's important uh, to have priorities. Tell your methods how to prioritize your day and how to find the balance between family and job.
0: My balance is very easy to find because I only work between 20 and 30 hours a week. I don't do more. Uh, I'm very selective with my clients. I bring on new projects only if I'm really free to have a lot to do. And I'm, I have became very, very assertive as it comes to the deadlines. Uh, I, it came hard way. I wasn't that good at it in the beginning. I wanted to do everything today and, you know, keep those promises up. And now I'm trying to promise as a little and actually tell the clients, look, I'll aim for that day but allow me if it's a few days later, because I know myself. I'd rather do something I'm really proud of than send, than send something on time that I'm ashamed of. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And sometimes the best ideas come the last day and like, oh my God, I didn't think about it before. Let's, let's change that completely. So I also want to have free time to do extra when I feel like it. Uh, so that balance in this case is quite easy to obtain. Um, I start my day at 10 a.m., not earlier. No meetings before 10 a.m Uh, because I'm a nocturnal person. I don't like to wake up very early, you know? And I start my day, see, I don't even have a good routine. Some people have like, I have this, I meditate for 20 minutes, then I walk for, no, 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 no. I'm like, some days I I wake up and I feel like working straight away. Some days I have a walk, some days I go to the gym. And then I have like five hours, productive hours a day, let's say. That's mine, that's my aim. Mm
1: -hmm. I, I love
0: cooking, so I always take a proper break for lunch. I make something fresh and healthy. I cook it to the moment. I like, you know, I like to actually take care of of my brain through good eating, through good vitamins, and so I always break the day in half. And yeah, I do like a couple of hours, two, three hours in the morning, good solid lunch, and then uh, in the afternoon finishing things off. Sometimes I get inspired and make more hours. Sometimes I don't feel like it. I pass Mm -hmm. it to the next day, and that's me—not a—not a a (laughs) book cover success story Uh or you know, become a millionaire in two weeks with my, no, no, no. It's more of a, let's say, chilled lifestyle, let's say, as it comes to work.
1: Nice, nice, yeah. No junk food, guys. No, I don't you know,
0: by this time in my life, I don't even like it. Mm -hmm. I love cooking, and in in Spain, in Barcelona, I have so many healthy options out there. If you want to eat out, you have healthy options too, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. And my final question about the future, I want to ask you, Take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be in SEO, especially international SEO.
0: <laughs> I think international SEO will be really important. Um, I think I really need to see to what's going to happen with SGE. If Google is going to roll out SGE to European Union. If they do, we're going to have to understand in what capacity. Because I don't think it's going to be the same SGE we see now in Google search labs in the US. I think it's going to be a different product, adjusted to European law, and I think it will be so much there will be so many differences between SERPs in every single market that only international CEO person will be able to kind of keep control over what's happening where, when, and how to compare all the data with 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 what we understand is happening. So I feel like it's going to be big time for international CEO uh, to understand those those small differences that can be big for 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 every business depending on what's what's different. And also, again, that's more of a wish than a prediction. But if that Google monopoly breaks and we will have other search engines or search experiences happening, like Perplexity, like you know, maybe maybe some indie search engine is gonna get some of the market share, like Brave or DuckDuckGo or whatever. I think it's gonna be again international SEO to take ownership of that, because who else is gonna understand the differences between Google and the rest better than someone who's actually seen it before in the markets, different markets, like by the Yandex, right? That was the past of international SEO. The future will be all the smaller search engines.
1: Nice, nice. I, I love this prediction and uh, it's tough to predict the future. I'm so bad with that, but I'm excited. Oh, I'm great.
0: Now. I just have no, not, no, no idea if it's true or not. I'm just saying things.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we're excited. We want to learn uh, and we can adapt. And I usually in the second stage, so I can create Google, I can create OpenAI, I can create... Uh, any other great uh, search engines tools, but I can adapt whatever happens. I can bring uh, content to win customers' attention, and uh, I don't care if, if it happens on TikTok, on Google, at any other place. Uh, I leave this competition to billion-dollar companies, uh, <laughs> but we, we can win customer attention at any other channel. So just adapt faster than your competitors you will be fine ai tools can't replace you no one can replace you at least when terminators when kill all human beings uh, we still have time you know, before terminators <laughs> today i cooperate with ai it's tough <laughs> to meanwhile we
0: wait for this to happen let's adapt as much as we can <laughs>
1: yeah when the time will uh, come to fight with terminators yeah what we can do <laughs> we will natalia it's a big pleasure to get on the show I love this experience, so valuable. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how, how to follow you.
0: I'm very active on LinkedIn. Please follow me or, or contact me on LinkedIn. And I'm always there. I'm trying to share a lot. And if not, uh, as as much as I can, I go to European events. I will be invited to SEO, maybe some other conferences this year. So always, if you see me in person, please approach me. I'm I'm nice to talk to in person, I promise.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Guys, you can find the link to LinkedIn account in the description below. So you can see a uh, smile, good smile, and background with ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll submit this link. I recommend to anyone to follow Natalia because I follow. I am a student. I need to update what I have. I love to learn from great experts. So I don't ignore uh, great knowledge. So I recommend to anyone to follow as well. It's a big mistake if you ignore it. So keep learning. And future will be fine if you adapt fast. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.